inside, Kempe dishes in front, another sliding catch saved by Flurry, this time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity, Lizana sliding, catch save, Robin Leonard, what a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Big one today, NHL trade deadline passing. Although I, I feel like this is kind of one of those mini NHL trade deadlines because of what the world is going through right now in a 56-game uh, schedule for the National Hockey League that everything has been just slightly whittled down because we didn't get the number of trades that we normally get on a National Hockey League trade deadline. We didn't get the volume of players traded on a National Hockey League uh, trade deadline, but we did get the standard participation of the Vegas Golden Knights. Four for four, ladies and gentlemen. The Golden Knights add at the National Hockey League deadline. Matthias Janmark picked up from the Chicago Blackhawks uh, forward, a winger, can play some center. Uh, ten goals this season, which puts him fifth automatically on the Vegas Golden Knights, tied with William Carlson and one back of uh, Jonathan Marchessault. So there's some offensive skills there. There's uh, definitely some versatility, and it is uh, adding to the cupboard for Pete DeBoer to make this run in the Stanley Cup playoffs in the Honda West Division. I'm at City National Arena. Ryan Wallace, where are you? I'm at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island because it's an awesome place to be. It's an awesome place, and it's a great place to be in Fox Sports Las Vegas as we get set to uh, bring you the Vegas Golden Knights and the Los Angeles Kings. Yeah, it's deadline day, and it's also game day. Uh, I was always of the uh, belief that the National Hockey League should be quiet on deadline day. One, for the players uh -huh. to be able to uh, shuffle their way off to their respective uh, new teams. And also for the, uh, for the organizations themselves to be to maximize the potential of being able to, uh, to use these athletes that, that you've, uh, in a lot of cases, spent, uh, spent some pretty uh, serious uh, uh, cash on, either yeah. uh, with, uh, with prospects or draft picks or players going the other way. But we don't get that because uh, just days are just too valuable right now in this limited season. So uh, we are going to get a Golden Knights uh, road game against L.A., fresh off the two wins against the Arizona Coyotes. Let's start there because we dealt with Janmark in hour number one. Uh, let's start with the game itself tonight and then loop back on, on Janmark and where he fits in. This is a, an important game uh, for the Golden Knights, softer part of the schedule, a chance to uh, continue their run against those teams that are in the bottom half of the Honda West, but also really important because the last time against L.A., it's just was left too late and they weren't able to pull off that sweep and I think after LA sold a big piece in Jeff Carter we may be just right for uh, a little bit of uh, an opportunity for the Golden Knights tonight yeah I, I'm I'm interested in terms of this game obviously Jeff Carter off to the Pittsburgh Penguins so you you subtract a key piece of those LA Kings Stanley Cup winning teams and you know it's it's a it's a good opportunity I think for Jeff Carter obviously to join the Pittsburgh Penguins but uh, for the LA Kings I think it was time to kind of make that move and and look ahead toward the future now uh, in terms of the LA Kings Alex Iafalo four-year contract extension 
you imagine that he's going to have an extra jump in his step today uh, for the for the Kings. And I think the Golden Knights bring a lot of what they did well against the Arizona Coyotes, as well as a bad taste in their mouth for how the last game they played against L.A. went. Uh, I'm expecting the Golden Knights to, to be a desperate team early and really try to establish their game in much the same way they did against the Coyotes. L.A. was making a push the last time these clubs met. They're closer to being the spoiler role yeah. right now. Yeah. And it, it got away from them. Not that it was necessarily going to be part of their big plan to be in the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. Uh, the the push that they made was nice, but uh, where where we kind of expected them to be in was, was down the, the standing. So they're falling closer to uh, what was predicted, and that means you have to win these games. They, by the way, four players left now from the Stanley Cup teams from 2012 and 2014. Uh, Los Angeles Kings with Jeff Carter moving on to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Can you name them right off the top of your head? It's Jonathan Quick, Dustin Brown, Drew Doughty, and Andre Kopitar. Well done. Uh, Drew Doughty, I've talked about at length. Uh, I think he's uh, arguably been the best defenseman in the Honda West division. They dominated year. the game. They will uh, They will need him. Uh, he's He's been frustrated as of late. Uh, the coach has had his back as of late. Uh, sounds like Cal Peterson will be the goaltender. He's played the Vegas Golden Knights uh, very strongly. But the, the Jeff Carter trade, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it from yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. I, Jeff Carter had a nice start to this season. He's got one more year left on on his deal, and just from uh, Pittsburgh, it's sort of like the deal that Jimmy Rutherford would have made if if uh, he was still running the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> and Ron Hextall uh, just followed suit with uh, with Jimmy's blueprint. But the the I know the Pittsburghs would like one more crack at it. And there's yeah. the 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 history between uh, Sid. And, and Jeff Carter, they played on national teams and Olympic teams together. And, and Jeff Carter has done a lot uh, over the course of, of his career. I'm just not sure Pittsburgh, at a time when the cap is flat, that, they, that this was in the best interests of the long-term plans to bring in a player, an aging player, with a year left. Yeah, there's something to be said about that for sure and and I you know I wonder about what uh, what comes next beyond just this season for Jeff Jeff Carter but you know I think as long as you've got Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin if you think that there's a player out there that that can help you right now and certainly that's where the Pittsburgh Penguins are in acquiring Jeff Carter uh, if it leads to something a, a, a long run a push for another Stanley Cup then I I think I can understand it and I can wrap my head around the, the decision there. Um, you know, I, if it's one thing, and, and you and I have talked about it many times, um, you just got to put pieces around Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. You don't really bet against those guys. So we'll see what ends up happening with the Penguins this season. Yeah, it, and I get what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, our long run, and, and they're right in the mix in that east and maybe he makes the difference maybe it revitalizes him maybe it it, it finds a spark maybe the two of them playing together uh are are, are are magic together this this team has cap issues pittsburgh yeah and they have to make some pretty big decisions in the in the next uh, couple of years to bring in a player that has one more year left after this year at five million dollars 
that's a that's a big ad. Now they found a way to make it work. Sure. And and that's positive. Uh, but it's just that wasn't the team that I thought that would make one of the bolder moves of the day. Now, bold can come in. They had a, a Hall of Fame player, but is he a Hall of Fame player now? No. So where where is Jeff Carter really on the depth chart when it's adding to a a Stanley Cup contender? Does it help you to wrap your head around the deal knowing that LA's LA's retaining half of his salary? Yeah, but uh, if you're so like you're, get, yet, you're, you're getting you're getting him. Deal? Yeah, you're getting him for about two and a half million per yeah. season. So, where do you have? Uh, do you have your laptop up there? I do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, give me, give me Jeff Carter's uh, totals, and if you can, his game game log. And I know that's that's a lot to ask uh, right now, as as we go here on, on this, the fly this season. But, yeah. Yeah. He's got eight goals, eleven assists, and nineteen points in forty games. And then I'll give you the the game log information. What do you want? The last so Yanmar, ten. So Yanmark's a better player, production wise. Yes. Uh, goals goals wise, and yeah. and we're we're all struggling to score goals. So uh, I, I give that he's cheaper. Uh, doesn't have the Hall of Fame credentials by any means, but uh, and and five million dollars like that's that's not an obscene contract, and you're you're getting half of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 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 it is it is easier to swallow. It just looks like they've doubled down on that. And, and I will say, Ron Hexel is the manager in Pittsburgh. Uh, he knows Jeff Carter uh, intimately from his days in Los Angeles. Yeah. So there's, there's that relationship. Uh, there's there's uh, uh, an ability to work with uh, uh, not just Rob Blake, but, uh, but Luke Robitaille and the Los Angeles Kings. So there's, I, I see where, they, where there's a comfort level there in, in working out this agreement. I just think that it's, it's a little too long in the tooth for if it's just this year, mm-hmm. I would be, mm, I, I can kind of saddle up to it. Sure. For one more year, no chance. I don't like it. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, 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 I'm not entirely sure what, uh, with the extra year, that's, that's one that you've got to try to wrap your head around. But again, as you talked about with Jeff Carter, when he, if it can rejuvenate him, if you get maybe an, another another level out of Jeff Carter at, at this stage of his career, and it helps you in a playoff run, and you think that you can, you know, you can kind of piggyback off of that and use that to your advantage next season, then, I, I mean, right now for the Pittsburgh Penguins, it's all about trying to win Stanley Cups, and I think they identify a player that they think can give more than what he's been given right now uh, with the LA Kings and and playing for a Stanley Cup. Maybe that's all the difference in the world to Jeff Carter, and he's he's not going to be the player he was in 2012 or 2014, but if he contributes a couple of goals on a long run, I think the Penguins will take that and give themselves another chance to win a Stanley Cup. You know, it's similar. It's, it's not totally the same, but it's similar to what Vegas did with Alec Martinez a year ago. Yeah. You take a, a veteran player who's on a struggling team and has a year left on his contract, so you're trading for the next two years, yep. and uh, and so you have some certainty there, and you're hoping that they discover something. That that's and and it, it's worked out better than the Golden Knights ever could have asked with Alec Martinez. One uh, on his performance on the ice, two the influence on Shea Theodore. So is that is that 
is that the exact same thing that they're, the Pittsburgh Penguins are looking for? Um, I, it, it might be a lot to ask of somebody that's uh, in, in mid-30s, but uh, I, I think that's sort of the blueprint that they're, that they're eyeing up. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that 100%. Um, the other part of it is hmm. Jeff Carter, former Philadelphia Flyer. Yes. Ron Hextall, former Philadelphia Flyer. Yep. I, can you imagine? Like, I don't think they're going to meet each other in the playoffs. <laughs> but if they ever, if they ever won, yeah, it would really hurt Flyers fans. That would be fantastic. It would really be painful. Like I don't have any desire to go to Philadelphia anytime soon. So like I can absolutely taunt that fan base right now. I would be. No, I wouldn't. It would be I wouldn't so even great. Say that. It would be so great. I can't believe that you would even bring that up. Oh, come on. Right now. I'm at a safe Flyers distance. fans will find you. No, no, no. They'll be fine. No, no. It's not fine. They scare me. Hold on. I'm a big, I'm a big gritty guy. So, like, that'll cancel it out, right? No. Come on. No, gritty will be at your front door knocking it down right with the fans. <laughs> how, do you, how do you know that's not my play here? What, you want gritty to come to your house? <laughs> yes. Trick I want or treating a, or something? I want a, uh, I want a gritty autograph. Uh, what do you think of the, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs? acquiring uh, 96 players at the trade deadline. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I, I'm first and foremost, uh, well done, Toronto capologists, because, you know, we, we hear a lot about how the salary cap is, is limiting in terms of what teams can do at the deadline, and the Toronto Maple Leafs just continued to add and add and add and add. But I'll tell you this, like when you look at the Leafs lineup right now, and you've got Wayne Simmons, you've got Nick Foligno, you've got Jason Spezza and Joe Thornton. There is a lot of playoff experience there. And I think when you look at Foligno and, and you know, you can make the argument that uh, a first round pick was, was overpaying, whatever the case, that's a player that is built for the playoffs. That is a player that brings so much in terms of leadership. And I, I think the Toronto Maple Leafs are really trying to go out win the Canadian division, be among the final four, and they're pushing hard for a Stanley Cup here. Huge. I, I, I think that was, uh, if it's not the best trade deadline acquisition, it's right there. Yeah. And there's, there's a, a price to that. It's a rental. But there's also the, the story to it. Uh, his dad played uh, 180 games for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's going to wear the same number. There's, there's a lot of layers sure. to this acquisition. But what it really comes down to is you have a 33-year-old who's just a great teammate and a hard player and a dedicated player, a committed player who, who has, has won, beat you in your own building yes. uh, during the bubble uh, and has been, managed to overcome some pretty significant odds over the course of, of his team's uh, challenges the last few years. I'm talking about Columbus when they, they beat the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm talking about Columbus when in the bubble when nobody thought they were going to be able to, to pull it off again, and they upset the, uh, the highly acclaimed uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. He finds ways to, to lead his team to a certain amount of success. And uh, Max Pacioretty is a former captain. Alex Pacioretty is a, a former captain. Uh, Mark Stone is a captain. There's, there's leaders in that Golden Knights locker room that, that we all uh, talk about with, uh, with great praise. Uh, I think the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, when you look at John Tavares as, mm -hmm. as a former captain, uh, quiet, 
but uh, Nick Felino as a former captain, more outgoing. And then you, uh, then you add in the pieces around them and the, the uh, Joe Thornton, former captain, uh, in and around that group. Uh, I think that, that, that the acquisition of, uh, of Nick Felino is very commendable. There's others. Like, Riley Nash isn't going to play until the playoffs. Well, mm-hmm. you get through that. If he can play at, at, uh, at some kind of form and be a shutdown player, that gives you uh, a lot of options if you're going against the likes of the, uh, the Winnipeg Jets or the Edmonton Oilers with high, high-powered first lines. They acquired David Riddick, uh, yeah. in, the goaltender from the Calgary Flames, for a third-round pick. Uh, we, could, we could talk here for the next 365,000 years. <laughs> I will not understand giving up a third-round pick for a goaltender who you hope never plays a game for your team. Like, the, the idea is David Riddick does not dress a game for your team if, if everything goes according to plan. And, the, okay, Millard, well, what's the, what's the difference between Colorado then? Uh, they acquire Dubnik. Dubnik. Yeah. Dubnik is going to be the backup sure. with, with the Colorado Avalanche and Jojo Johansson is is going to be the third stringer and if you get to Johansson well uh, you're in a challenge but there is a little bit of depth there you needed that uh, and he didn't cost you a third round pick a third round pick for David Riddick a rental mm-hmm. uh, a third round pick is a lot to ask for a rental and if, if that player is going to be in your lineup every night Calgary didn't do a ton at the deadline. Sure. But getting a third-round pick for your backup goalie, for your backup goalie <laughs> to be the new team's third goalie yeah. is one of the most mysterious transactions <laughs> of trade deadline history. Well, does it give you kind of a, an indication of where Frederick Anderson's health really is? Like, I, I mean – I get what you're saying. If David, if Dave Riddick doesn't play at all for the Toronto Maple Leafs, then maybe that's an insurance policy you didn't really need. But I, I have to believe that the concern for Freddie Anderson right now is that, you know, he's a little bit further off than maybe the Toronto Maple Leafs expected, and you know, it, you're looking at going into the playoffs with Jack Campbell as your number one, which isn't a bad thing. I don't, I don't mind that. I, I don't I don't either. I, I just I've got to see Jack Campbell the rest of the way and, and as good as he has been, he's been really good for Toronto so far this season. He has had some games where he looks like he's not gonna be able to play anymore. Like there's an injury almost every game for Jack Campbell. So I, I think that if you're if you're concerned that there's any any question whatsoever about his durability down the stretch and you, you've got more information on Freddie Anderson as to as to whether or not he will be available before the end of the season, then I, I, I can understand going out there and at least getting some insurance as you head toward the playoffs. I'll say this. The, the Toronto, I don't know what the plans are for the draft yet yeah. this year, but the Toronto Maple Leafs will be at the front of the line by saying, can we do it virtually again? Because they, don't, <laughs> they have one pick. They have one pick in the first four rounds of the, of the draft this year. And then they have a fifth and a sixth. So their first pick was going to be in the second round. They, they have every chip that they have is, is in the middle. It's almost like Kyle Dubas was Oprah today. Yeah, I'll give you a pick. You get a pick. Everybody gets a pick. <laughs> hey, who wants a pick in the audience? Uh, he, he, he did that. Now, he's, he's, 
I like some of his moves. I like the fact that he added uh, a veteran presence to his club in the offseason. Went to the extreme, and I'm starting to realize Kyle's of the extreme. Yes. Uh, when he believes something, he goes really far over to the other side. So he adds Simmons. He adds Thornton. Uh, the Spezza is brought back. The, the, he goes uh, all the way through, through that. Now uh, at the deadline, and you're right. You could be very well right on the money that, that the Frederick Anderson situation is more severe than we expected. Well, if that's the case, mm -hmm. and you're going to spend a third-round pick, I would have gone somewhere other than David Riddick. Perfectly and fair. That it's the, the it's a commentary on the, on giving up a third round pick for the other team's backup mm -hmm. to be your third stringer is also a commentary on on my opinion on on David Riddick and where he can be uh, when it comes to to front line. They waited a number of years in Calgary, and it didn't take that next step. Uh, we could all be sitting here going, David Riddick has a Stanley Cup ring, and uh, and Kyle Dubas was a genius. They, uh, they were as aggressive. They, more than any team in, in its division today, mm -hmm. the Toronto Maple Leafs separated themselves. They That's got better where other teams couldn't match that acceleration. Uh, I, you didn't see it in the, in the West. You didn't see it in the Central. And you didn't see it in the East. But there is some separation based on the moves today uh, in the North. So I'll give Kyle Dubas that. Surprise you at all? Uh, I was surprised Winnipeg wasn't able to do more. Yeah. And Kevin Shoveldayoff's a conservative general manager. The prices were high today. It was difficult to make moves with a salary cap. Uh, I don't know whether that's why he wasn't able to pull off a couple of deals, uh, whether there was uh, movement clauses that stood in his way. But I expected when, when you're looking at, and I consider Toronto and Winnipeg to be the two teams that, uh, that are the best in the division. Uh, yeah. Ed Edmonton uh, added a defenseman, but in Kulikov. But I, I, I just think physically Winnipeg can compete with Toronto's skill. Now, Toronto just got physical as well. So that, that makes it tougher to match up. What did Winnipeg do? Well, Pierre-Luc Dubois earlier in the year was an acquisition, but that came at a cost. There wasn't I, – I think, I think Toronto's blue line needed to get better today than, than Jordy Ben, and, and they weren't able to do it. I, I don't know what played a role into that, but if you're, if you're talking about disappointed or surprised, uh, that would be one area where – I thought Winnipeg, knowing the climate that we're in and who, who that competition is right there, that it's really Toronto, do you, do you make, are you more aggressive? And they, they weren't as aggressive as Toronto was. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised by Kyle Dubas going as all-in as, as he went. Well, he at, had to. He told everybody deadline. three weeks ago he well, was all-in. You're, you're absolutely right. And we were waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. But, you know, when, when you've got a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs and you're looking to, to make a splash in this unique situation where you don't have to play the Boston Bruins in the first round, yeah. like I understand Kyle Dubas going all-in and, and really staking it all on this season. I get it from that perspective. There's no demons for Toronto this year. 
Like there's there's no demons. They 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 can play. They haven't played Montreal in the playoffs in forever. Yeah. Since the 1970s, uh, and then the rest of them, uh, it's it's ancient history. You have to go back to the 90s for Vancouver. So uh, I, I think it's a it's a clean slate. It's a fresh opportunity for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. One more note on Nick Foligno. Yeah. Nick Foligno and, and Austin Matthews played on the same line at a World Championship. I want to say 2016, 2015. Mm-hmm. And Austin Matthews was uh, was the best forward in that tournament. Had an <laughs> outstanding tournament. Is is Nick Foligno going to be plopped on that that top line with Austin Matthews? Probably not. That'd be like saying uh, Matthias Janmark is going to go uh, onto the top line of the Golden Knights because he has chemistry with Max Pacioretty. Not going to happen. And, sure. and they don't. They, they haven't played together, but I'm just giving <laughs> you an example. Uh, it's not going to happen. But power play-wise, and if you have to shift things up during the course of a game, a coach will, will juggle the lines. That's an, that's an easy option to go to on the fly for uh, Sheldon Keith. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. It doesn't hurt that Austin Matthews is having just a phenomenal season and scoring goals every single night for Toronto. Uh, Thomas uh, 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 Nosek continues his hot hand uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll get back into that. Plus, I want to know your opinion on the winners and the losers on trade deadline day 2021. It might be the most difficult assessment that <laughs> I've ever had to go through in analyzing this day. I don't think there's a clear loser, but there's not even close to a team that went all in and acquired exactly what they wanted, and that includes the Toronto Maple Leafs, even though I think they did well. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Brought to the near wing. Big shot and he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. Roster update for you. The Golden Knights have recalled Thomas Yurko from the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, expected to play tonight. Uh, interesting because it's not only coming up and, and expected to play tonight, but uh, Thomas Yurko has worn number 13. That is the number that uh, Matthias Janmark has worn for his career in Ooh. the National Hockey League. So just, I actually asked him today, what number? 13. I'm like, uh. <laughs> he was looking through. He was actually looking through the Vegas roster. How about this? He was looking through the Vegas roster and saw yeah. nobody wears, nobody wore 13. And, well, it's Yurko's, but he wasn't on the roster, so he didn't didn't show up. And now all of a sudden, boom. Uh, so I might have to realign his uh, his sights on that one. Uh, what number should Matthias Janmark wear? Ooh, um, should it go some somewhere uh, a little higher or go somewhere traditional? Yeah, it, that's that's a tough one for me. I, I I I like the number thirteen, so I'm a little bummed that maybe that's not on the table. Um, I've always been partial to the number seven, but obviously. That Alex, that's Alex Petrangelo. Yeah, that's gonna be a tough one. Um, I would, I would go like in the high 80s somewhere. Like, if if you can't get your number, just kind of go off the board with it. Go, go non-traditional. Like 84, 85, somewhere yeah, in and around like there. Come on, because 89 is taken. I'm gonna Eight. go 26. Oh Double yeah. 13. Yeah. Well, 26. no, that 26 was his number when he played with Ake in Stockholm. Aik. 
There you go. It might be double 13, too. Uh, I, there we I'm, go. That works. I'm, that, that I'm is... more with Ryan. What, what, what Ryan said uh, as a reason why he would he would wear 26 is because it's uh, it's it's double 13. That's that's a good number. Any famous uh, 26s that you can think of? Brian Prop uh, jumps into my head as a as a guy that wore uh, 26 over the course of his years. But uh, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, I I'm right with you on that. Uh, who won the day? When you guys look around, and I'll give you the, the latitude to go back a couple of days because there is so much activity uh, between the Buffalo Sabres and the Boston Bruins consummating that, uh, that deal last night to the New York Islanders getting the jump on, on things and acquiring Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac. Who is the team in the last week that made the biggest uh, jump and uh, added to their stable of talent? You know, I... We just spent a lot of time talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs, and and while they they did incredibly well in terms of Nick Foligno, I'm kind of in line with you on David Riddick, where you know if if you have reason to believe that Frederick Anderson might not be the option you want him to be, I think you go out there and you, you try to find a goaltender. If you're going to spend the third round pick, you try to find somebody that that is is going to give you more. Than, than what Dave Riddick might give you if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs. So it's hard for me to go all in on Toronto, though I think they improved their team the most in their division. I like the fact that Lou Lamarillo has his price. Lou Lamarillo knows what players he wants, and Lou Lamarillo typically gets what he's looking for. In Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac, those two players with that Islanders team, I think that that is as close to acquiring your target, zeroing in on your target, and then getting exactly what you're looking for. I'll slide over to the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're challenging each other along with Carolina in a great race for the Central Division title. And it was Florida that adds the defenseman in the wake of uh, Aaron Ekblad, uh, adds a, uh, a forward in Sam Bennett with some grit. Uh, they take a chance on Nikita Gusev. I'm not sure about that, but in short spurts, Gusev has shown that he can put up some points. I'm not signing him to a 10-year deal, but for the rest of this year, I think there's some, some potential there that they might be able to contribute. And that's countered with the Tampa Bay Lightning and, and David Savard. I think Florida's got something going. And we've speculated over and over about our wish that these two teams can face each other for the first time ever in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And given that both managers were aggressive uh, at this and leading up to and at this trade deadline is, uh, is a great sign for, for the rivalry and for a, a race. They're going to be with each other no matter when we go back uh, to the to the regular format. They're going to be stuck with each other, and I, I think with what the two clubs have in goaltending and, and on the blue line, and now uh, with a couple of pieces, I'd love to see them si re-sign Sam Bennett too. Uh, by yes. the way. Uh, I think that, uh, that this has got the makings to be uh, a rivalry that is as good as it's ever been since the Florida Panthers entered the league in 1990. I'm right there with you. I, I, I want to see Florida and Tampa good at the same time and trying to go through one another in the playoffs. I, I think that it's, it's high time that we get to see what that rivalry can be when both teams are good and the stakes are higher in terms of who wins and who loses and who, ex who goes on in the playoffs and who goes home. More analysis 
West Division. Colorado, depth. Vegas, depth. Minnesota, St. Louis, don't do much of anything. Yeah. And then you've got some teams selling off. San Jose actually helped out Vegas. Uh, Anaheim, Los Angeles Kings uh, sell off. And Arizona didn't do anything. So did anything change leading up to and at the trade deadline in the West Division? I, You know, I don't think so. I think that, you know, the two teams that, that I, I look at and say are the class of the division, Colorado and, and Vegas, they tried to strengthen their team as best they can with the understanding that I think both teams know they've got to go through one another. Is In terms of Minnesota, they've done a lot. Bill Guerin has done a lot to kind of turn that franchise into one that we can see is is on the rise and and we can see good things coming from the Minnesota Wild but you know I, I think that you know you've got to be mindful of of sticking to the the plan and the process when it comes to, to Minnesota and then as far as St. Louis glo- goes I, I'm not terribly surprised they didn't really do anything because they're right back in it they're in a playoff spot and it's it's going to be St. Louis and, and Arizona and San Jose kind of battling for that last spot and I'm a little I'm a little intrigued by the fact that Arizona didn't do anything that they they didn't they didn't subtract they didn't sell they didn't buy they just kind of stayed pat and and, you know for a team that just lost two to the Golden Knights fell out of playoff contention I, I just I'm a little surprised by that I guess the optics of selling when you're a point out of the playoffs yeah they're really bad I get it. And I wonder if some of that played a role in in what they're trying to, again, establish in, in Phoenix and Scottsdale with their organization. And you couldn't, maybe you just couldn't afford, even though it'd be a bit better for the program, right. you just couldn't afford that, uh, that publicity uh, of, of that and the social media chatter of selling off when you're that close, even though their schedule's horrendously tough yeah. uh, in the next little bit. Uh, the the Minnesota Wild, I think their fans will be slightly disappointed. I I give Billy Guerin credit for holding on to his his stance. He wasn't he was said he was all in, but he wasn't going to jeopardize the future for this year. I know from teams in the past that have said we we would like to add just because as a reward to the players because they've had a great season. That's where I expected them to add because they've. I think they've overachieved this year. I I agree with you. I, I I mean I don't know that. Like I kind of expected Minnesota to be among the top four teams in this division, but I, I didn't really think that Minnesota would be as good as they've been so far this season. Now, uh, again, I think there's there's. I think there's merit in being patient right now if you're Bill Guerin and mm-hmm. and not forcing a move and just kind of allowing this team to 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 go at it and and go through a playoff run and see what you can build within the organization right now and and not necessarily go off plan to to go out and acquire something that you know may not help you that much so i i liked his approach to the deadline i understand if fans are a little bit frustrated by it or disappointed by it but i think overall it's the right move for minnesota i uh i'm i've got trade deadline fever i want to sell I want to sell right now. Can we can we give something away? We absolutely can. It's time to give away a Golden Knights jersey thanks to Finley Volvo, where Swedish elegance and world-renowned safety awaits. 
at finleyvolvo.com. Caller number, you know, we're going to go with 26 because mm. I think Chapman might like be on to something with Matthias Janmark. Caller number 26, you will win a Golden Knights jersey and you'll qualify to win tickets to see Vegas and San Jose on Monday April 19th at T-Mobile Arena, 702-876-1340, caller number 26. You've won a Golden Knights jersey and will qualify for Vegas San Jose tickets thanks to Finley Volvo. We'll be back with Catching Up with Chapman right after this. We're back to the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Golden Knights, LA Kings, start a two-game series tonight in Los Angeles, just hours after the National Hockey League trade deadline. Be interesting to see uh, what status Keegan Colasar, uh, Ryan Reeves, both left uh, last night's game. Uh, Thomas Yurko has been recalled, and uh, we'll get more with uh, Ryan Wallace on the VGK pregame show coming up at the top of the clock on the VGK radio network. But right now, catching up with Chapman. All right, big shout-out to uh, listener... Uh, he goes on Twitter by the name of Age, A-G-E. Uh, he's the guy with the pretty awesome uh, VGK cave and the truck with the uh, VGK logos all over it. He's tweeted it out. But uh, we made a bet over the weekend, and I won. And he paid up. So uh, we bet Liverpool against his uh, favorite soccer club, Aston Villa. Oh, I was wondering if we were actually going to get to the bet. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm a little out of breath. <laughs> Why? What happened? I, I had to run out of the studio real quick. Uh, during the break, why? And, uh, I had to use the little boys' room, so uh, so <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we we bet on uh, the Liverpool. In through the nose, out through the mouth. Just yeah, yeah, I know. So we we bet the uh, Liverpool Aston Villa game, and uh, my side, after being drubbed earlier in the season by Aston Villa, they bounced back and they win on uh, Saturday morning. So uh, he was already paid up Saturday afternoon. It was a nice bet. We bet. Uh, Gift card for lunch at uh, Five Guys. You're having some real trouble right now, aren't I know. you? <laughs> well, like you're you're I mean, just <laughs> trying to get one word out. I, I, one word out. It's like, another <sighs> word out. And, 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 and the best part is Wallace and I weren't coming to your aid at all. Well, Nobody I, I, interrupts more than I do, and <laughs> I wasn't interrupting you for all the money. Well, well, we're never going to interrupt Chapman's one opportunity to talk on the show. Come on. Well, I mean, we I... would be so mean if we did that. <laughs> hey, who won the uh, who won the jersey? Uh, Hayden. Hayden was the winner of the jersey, and he's qualified for uh, tickets for next Monday's game against the Sharks. Do you think you'll have your breath back by then? I hope so. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so we're going to give away a jersey a day every day. Oh, and tomorrow we have tickets, and I think we have a couple more this week for Kane Brown. At T-Mobile, I don't know who Kane Brown is, but I'm going to have to look it up and research okay, well, it. That's where you use your inside voice. Oh, I don't know who Kane Brown is, but uh, I no, 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 as in like you don't say that. Yeah, you don't say it. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I just happen to look ahead, and I'll have to research for tomorrow. But uh, I, I, I know he is a singer from Tennessee. Well, good. Yes, uh, love it. Uh, that's that's outstanding. Uh, Golden Knights against the Los Angeles Kings tonight. This these are always uh, unpredictable games uh, for me. I'll, I'll be curious to see what LA does mm -hmm. after Jeff Carter was uh, sent uh, out, and I I also wonder about uh, not a letdown from teams uh, who get through the deadline and don't have any pieces uh, like they kept. Because I, I can't imagine 
that there wasn't a couple of players looking around going, I hope I'm not the one that's sent out for somebody that was, uh, that was brought in. And uh, and I've, like Mike Gartner was traded from a couple of teams, and they ended up winning Stanley Cups, and that's just a huge uh, punch to the gut. So uh, I can't imagine there wasn't somebody with that in the back of their mind. So now you, you get through it. Is there any type of uh, letdown? We'll see. Uh, 16 games to go uh, starting tonight. Uh, past the trade deadline, it's uh, now to the stage where you uh, dance with the one that brought you. Absolutely right. I, I'm... I'm looking forward to today's game. I'm looking forward to what comes next for the Golden Knights Wednesday. Matthias Janmark, what that's going to look like. But it all starts with the Golden Knights continuing what they started against Arizona, with, with, against Arizona. And that's really solidifying their play through 60 minutes tonight against L.A. Looking for a third straight win. And uh, Marcia so said they got a bit of their swagger back on the weekend. Uh, try to continue that against Los Angeles Kings. Ryan Wallace has the pregame show on the VGK Radio Network next. Thanks for listening to the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.